Hi friends, welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm Kayla, here with me is my vacation pal, Kali J. Quack quack, with sunglasses on. That's a vacation thing. <laughs> Kali J is sequestered in a cabin in the middle of nowhere, so don't you worry. Don't worry. Folks. I am feeling a little bonkers today because I have not seen any people in way too long. So if this episode comes out even mildly coherent, then give me a round of applause at the end, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially with this movie. Yeah. What a great combo. <laughs> Such a like cerebral, like <laughs> uh, uh, intellectual fuckery movie to in- go inside my fucked up brain right now a movie that is purposefully so like incoherent yeah yeah <laughs> exactly the type of shit i need <laughs> so i'm loving uh what's happening with me and what happened with me this week was that i watched <laughs> the 2020 film black bear Roar. <laughs> hell yeah probably <laughs> doing the foley for us um <laughs> Yeah, I picked this movie this week. Um, yeah, you did. Kali's mad at me for it? Question mark. Steamed. We'll see. I'm a little steamed. <laughs> I yeah, I just have been hearing everyone talk about it. Basically, what it comes down to, and uh, that was that. Wanted to see. Okay, it. how many? What? About approximately how many people you hear talk about this movie? I would say at minimum two. Okay, I got. I, I got, think more. I got uh, two names to add to my to be bonked on the head and- list. And I would say it was from two people that I respect. Totally. So. I'm obviously I'm not mad like break kayfabe. I'm not mad at you. I'm like <laughs> Wow, Kali's breaking kayfabe. <laughs> the real Kali emerges. <laughs> yeah. Kali J's dead. Welcome. I'm hi, I'm Colin Blank Drew. Don't bleep your middle name. <laughs> No, like, uh, after watching this trailer, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be, like, a weird, kind of, like, trippy, fun, like, what's really going on here? Interestingly enough, after the movie ended and I was, I I felt uh, mostly dissatisfied, I was trying to, like, hash it out with Lindsay. At some point, Lindsay said, like, you wanted more of an under-the-skin feel for Mm -hmm. just our last episode. And I was like, yeah, kinda, like, I'm okay with... We've been watching too much prestige cinema, and yeah. now we go to watch a normal movie. It just doesn't hit the same. Is that what? You're- <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, 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 no. Not at all, but kinda. No, I was just, uh, in the sense that like I can handle a vague mm-hmm. plot. I can handle a vague plot that holds a lot of the cards and only shows you a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, or only tells you a little bit rather, and then shows the rest and like makes you put some pieces together Mm -hmm. but this movie it reminds me very much of um oh that movie we both hated uh i think we should break up or something i'm thinking of ending things bingo yeah (laughs) in the same sense of like yes i'm sure there is something to be extrapolated from this on a deeper level many viewers will find very compelling but just kind of made me feel grumpy I think I got it. Yeah, I knew nothing going into this. 
besides that Aubrey Plaza was in it and I only knew because I had seen the poster. So mm-hmm. besides that, the simple fact that Aubrey Plaza is in this movie and it's called Black Bear, I knew zero other things. I never watched a trailer or anything. That's soldier. Um, well, and the two people saying that it yeah, was good. Yeah, yeah, that, that really solidified it. But I would probably watch just for Aubrey. I like her. Yeah. All right. So through the cast, we've already mentioned Aubrey Plaza. This is our third movie with her in it, I think. Little Hours. Happiest Season. Yeah. Yeah. Third. And she's also a producer on this movie as well. Oh, nice. And we have Christopher Abbott, who was in Possessor that you just watched. Yes. He's also in First Man. Sarah Gaydon, who was in Maps to the Stars, which we covered on pod. Oh, shit. Was she? She played the dead mom. Oh, wow. Okay. And she's in True Detective. She's also in one episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark from 1999, which famously... We have stolen things from. (laughs) We have bleeped their theme song. (laughs) As our segment uh, tune later on in the episode. Um, So that's just interesting. (laughs) Why are you making evidence? I mean, blankedence. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> we also lastly have Paola Lazaro, who is in The Walking Dead. Oh. Yeah, which I never watched. I never watched it either. <laughs> I loved her character in this, and I'll get into that later. Okay, so what's our critic scores? Cricket scores with Rotten Tomatoes, we got an 87%. That's certified fresh, right? Certified. 85 and above? Certified. Very nice. Oh. <laughs> Metacricket, 79. Uh, Metacritic's always 79. It loves a 79. <laughs> Have we ever had a Metacritic that's not 79? Well, Let's it, be honest. <laughs> Google users, 70%. Not as good with the normal people. Another slope. Yeah. Critics are raving. Normals are uh, sleeping. 70s? <laughs> What's the opposite a, of raving? <laughs> uh, present, but not loving it. That's <laughs> Fond, a, but not in love? <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is okay. This is good. Those are the scores. <laughs> okay, let's watch the trailer and then okay, we'll get into okay. it. You're Allison? Yeah. You're Gabe? Hi, I'm Allison. Oh, I know. I'm Blair. You're really pretty. You are too. You used to be an actress and now you're a director. Why'd you give it up? I didn't. So do you guys have a plan for this place? I don't really know what we're doing. We were living in Brooklyn and it was getting so expensive and we weren't really working, so. I figured if um, I never learned how to cook, then I would never become a housewife. You're really hard to read. Yeah, you know what? I get that all the time. Do you find it weird acting in your own films? I actually find it kind of humiliating. Roll sound. Mark. Okay, whenever you're ready. Action. You don't think she knows what I'm up to? She's oversimplifying a lot. It's just so rare to pick a real artist's brain. How can you make something if you don't have anything to say? I have something to say. I just think the movie is the only way to say it. It's like she can't stand the fact that I have a single thought about this world. No, it's that I can't stand the thoughts about the world that you have. This has been so fun. You don't love me anymore. 
This one might be a little weird to talk about just because, well, first of all, it's in two two distinct acts yes. with kind of an opening and an ending that seem to be independent of the two acts, which are also independent of each other. And it kind of gives you a reality and then continues to introduce different things that kind of put that reality into question or alter it in some way. So... You don't kind of know what's real for most of the movie, too. What's real or true. Yes. And then there's like a twist ending, which kind of changes everything once you get there. <laughs> uh, I t- is there a twist ending? Did I miss it? Because yes. I... It seems to me, based on how you described this movie earlier, that maybe you didn't catch it. But also, I don't think that it's... I don't think so- less of you <laughs> sure. for not catching it, because I think it's something you have to think about. To catch. And I don't think. I understand. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I hope the people took that as inoffensively as I meant it and as you took it. No, no, no. <laughs> I do not think. I intake and yeah. I don't process in the moment. I take yeah. and, I, and I have an emotional reaction to it. In this movie, I had a very emotional reaction and I was annoyed the entire <laughs> time. I was like, you stated it correctly. You don't really know what to believe is actually going on. And mm-hmm. my reaction to that, instead of saying, oh, well, I should search for clues, is I said, I don't care. <laughs> Good God. These characters are, and I'm sure purposefully, difficult. Yeah. They're difficult characters. Mm-hmm. And it is anxiety-inducing situations. It's uncomfortable. All the dialogue is uncomfortable, yeah. especially for... That first chapter is 45 minutes. And it is a tough 45 minutes Mm -hmm. Uh, when you're not just like fawning over Aubrey Plaza. It's people like arguing and it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess let's just go through it as it comes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say you have to go like. (laughs) We'll go through it as it comes. And then by the end, we can discuss what happens retroactively. Yes. Okay. So we open. This becomes important later, I think. The title screen at the beginning on notebook paper. The first shot, which ends up popping up a few times in the movie, of Aubrey in her red bathing suit on the lake, um, and then she goes inside and sits on the red chair. I just thought that that was really pretty. (laughs) I think I just figured the movie out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think you just gave me the word that fixed it. Yes, okay. Still angry. Don't worry. (laughs) It's okay. We'll get to it. We'll discuss it when it comes. Anyway, I yeah, I just it opened with a very beautiful cinematic shot, and I just thought that that was really pretty. That's all oh, needed go- to be it's noted. Gorgeous. It's in the trailer because it's a shot we see a, a couple times. Yeah, it it's, kind it's of gorgeous. starts each section of this movie. Yeah, so it starts the intro. It starts part one. It starts part two, and it starts the outro. Yeah, I think so. Cool. Part one, the bear in the road. So Aubrey is arriving at this remote cabin in the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York. And this cabin ends up being where the entire movie takes place. Mm -hmm. If not inside the cabin, then just outside of it on a dock. They never leave the cabin, much like 
myself. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, they're outside it. <laughs> Only for a short time. <laughs> yeah, but they're still like on cabin grounds. Um, apparently this location was kind of a nightmare. <laughs> it was a long commute to this remote location. Jeez. There was no cell service. There were random blackouts. The one generator that they had was constantly malfunctioning. And apparently the bug situation was, quote, out of control. Wow. <laughs> Aubrey was quoted as saying that they had to reshoot several scenes because there were so many bugs that were swarming everywhere you could see them on camera. That's intense. That's a lot yeah. of bugs. Aubrey's character. character is a film director who used to be an actor. Yes. Man, my notes are so sparse and strange. <laughs> hey, they're better than I mine. I have not been communicating with people uh, very clearly. <laughs> <laughs> she showed up at this cabin. It's owned by this couple. They had put the word out to friends who were creative that it could be a good retreat and thinking maybe they could make a little money. Ooh. Turns out they're a terrible, toxic couple. <laughs> oh my God. They hate each other. <laughs> they literally hate each other so much. I mean, they're just toxic in every way. Throughout the night, they constantly, like anything one says, the other contradicts. They just undermine. Yeah, undermines yeah. or like, no, you didn't do that. Or no, you don't think that. Or oh whatever. my god. I could not stand it. Honestly, it was frustrating to watch, which yes. I guess is the feeling that they want you to have. They want you to feel that frustration, but like I have so little tolerance for people arguing even. I felt the same way. That's why like I can now with hindsight being 2020, <laughs> I was emotionally reacting to that amount of arguing. Yeah. Which, like, fucking triggered me, I guess. Like, I got fucking set up by a movie. Oh, so what? It happens. <laughs> uh, I was in, like, a bad mood about it. Because I was frustrated. I was like, they're, like, every scene is just going to be this, isn't it? And it is. For the first part. For, for the a first lot of 45 it, yeah. minutes, it is just, it is, if it's not them arguing, it's them putting Aubrey Plaza into a somewhat awkward situation to which Aubrey Plaza's character replies with, like, sarcasm or snideness or insincerity that just kind mm -hmm. of goads it on further mm -hmm. and it's very anxiety inducing it fucking sucks yeah and like i don't know it because i found this in in several things that i've watched i don't know in the last few months or whatever mm -hmm. the people just argue so much i just want to turn it off like i don't even want to <sighs> It's straight culture, and it's, like, too straight. I can't. <laughs> I, like, can't even handle it. <laughs> I don't know people that talk to each other like this or, like, that can't communicate on such a level. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't either. I've never met anyone who's that fucking, like, I can understand a couple that does not like each other. Like, as weird as that sounds, I can see it for, like, a variety of reasons. Uh, maybe it's something you're just comfortable with. Maybe it's something business or money related um, mm -hmm. that you just stick with someone you hate. But like this felt so like you said, like I've never met anyone like this. I've never spent time with people who are just like, we can't put this aside for literally like if you look at it from a materialistic, like what is actually happening. These people are incapable of their job of running a and b of like being hosts, like yeah. bringing their personal shit in to uh like, like arguing in front of people in front of strangers even and yeah. then bringing the stranger into your arguments they disagree on such fundamental values 
Holy shit. He, like, says out loud that he's really into traditional gender roles and, like, talks about how fucked up feminism is and stuff. He's a traditionalist is really how he is. Sure, fine, whatever. But his girlfriend is super not that. Yeah. And that, like, is such a fundamental value that, like, you're getting into this relationship. You know the expectation that your partner has for the role that he wants you to play and you are getting into this relationship knowing that you don't want to play that role and you don't feel the same on that value. Like that's just like fundamental shit that like you have to agree on. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. When we get to the end, I I think I'll be able to have a more nuanced and understanding take on why they are so corrosive and why they are so hateful and undermining of one another. But watching this is not pleasant. And I tell you what, I've been in bliss on vacation. I wanted something pleasant. This was tough. This is a really tough watch. And it makes me have a a more of an understanding as to why people would enjoy this. Because people watch movies for a variety of reasons and enjoy them for a variety of reasons. You know, I think of uh, Wolf of Wall Street, which I watched with my mother, which is a very not fun movie to watch with your mom. But... I tried to explain to my mom why I loved it, and I tried, I said, it made me feel anxious watching it, mm-hmm. it, it but it was a good anxiety. Yeah. I because I, like, I under- good time. Yeah, I understood why I was anxious, and it's because all that shit made me so uncomfortable, but I felt like I was, it was consensual almost, you know, like <laughs> I wanted to watch, yeah, I wanted to feel like this, okay, cool. This felt just like... I've already said it. Like, I just had an emotional reaction. I was overwhelmed by the arguing. I'm uncomfortable. It just, like... It was too much. Yeah. And the girlfriend is, like, instantly jealous. And, like, how do you expect that you're going to have an Airbnb when, like, literally one person shows up and you're suddenly, like, having the whole argument about, like, I know you're in love with her. (laughs) Yes. Or whatever. Like, are you that insecure in your relationship? What is going on? His reaction is just, or response is always wrong, no matter what it is. Yeah. And then her reaction to that is always a wrong or insightful reaction that just continues it until it hits a lull. Eventually, a scene change or something. Yeah, they have a little dinner. They're arguing all through the dinner. (laughs) Aubrey's dropping some facts about herself. She just drops that her mom is dead and totally kills the vibe. And I was like, who is she, me? (laughs) But she's also like, I think she's kind of flirting with both of them a little bit. Um, Yes. She does a dance with both of them. Okay, bisexual queen, Aubrey Plaza. So her whole thing is that she has like a writer's block and came to this cabin to find inspiration. Sure. We only see the first night of her stay here. Yeah. Also, I thought it was pretty interesting how in this whole first part, even though the couple is arguing constantly, they have all of the dialogue pretty much and uh, most of the conflict in the scene. The focus is still kind of on Aubrey like on her experience, her reactions, and her responses. And the story still feels like it's a story about her and not really about this couple. Yeah, I would I think that's kind of interesting. I feel like what the director is presenting the audience with is viewing this from Aubrey's perspective, um, which I think is why 
it's so uncomfortable because you mm-hmm. feel you, like you're around a couple who's arguing and it's awkward. Oh my God. The yeah. fucking worst. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that like she takes the focus, even though, you know, when writing it out on paper, it seems like the couple should be the focus. Do you no, know what I mean? but it, I think that's through well done camera work, well mm-hmm. done script writing in which Aubrey does add in little retorts here and there yeah because they will ultimately do you know like you said like 80 85 percent of the talking Mm -hmm. but she just has these little ways to show almost how you the audience feels about the shit by like i'm uncomfortable so i'm just gonna make sarcastic remarks because i oh god i would kill to have a laugh break the tension yeah and they the girlfriend like will not let Aubrey leave the room like she tries to leave several times and she won't let her go yeah and it's it's a nightmare yeah it was very tense Ugh, fuck I'm enjoying the movie more <laughs> god damn it should I say I did not hate this movie so Colin is coming in hot but I think we're gonna turn him a little bit I, you're gonna turn <laughs> me a little <laughs> so finally the girlfriend like goes to bed so Aubrey is out swimming, and then the guy comes swimming with her, right? And they do a little splish splash yes. in the water. Yes. They do a little flirty splish splash. I yelled at the TV when this happened. <laughs> it is pretty like, <laughs> I okay, raped. the first girl that comes around, you're Keep just it kinda, in your pants! It's like instant. First night, the first person you oh see. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. He took the towel down, and I was like, you motherfucker. You absolute <laughs> bastard. They do flirty splish splash. They go inside and chat. And she says that she's been lying since the moment she got there. Her mom's alive and basically negates everything that she's said since she got there. Yeah. Uh, takes back everything that she said. And of course, they start kissing. Smooching. Hate this. <laughs> I think I hate cheaters in my movies. <laughs> Yeah, you hate cheaters? I think I do. That's fair. Just in movies, like, I'm not mean to cheaters in real life. I just give them a finger wag. Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan of cheating. <laughs> I'm not, no, I think it's, I think as someone in a monogamous relationship, <laughs> like, am I, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I've been cheated on Achimachi. several times. Uh, yeah, I've been, admittedly. As recently as a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, not a fan personally, I think. But I'm not a fan of any of this, like, aspects of straight culture that are in this movie. Sure. That makes sense. (laughs) Of arguing, of being in love with traditional gender roles, of (laughs) not being able to communicate with your partner or communicate about your goals even. Like, he does not want to even be with her. No. Hearing Chris Abbott's character this entire first chapter, he's the worst. Mm -hmm. Absolute shittiest. Yeah. Uh, starting shit where there doesn't sh- need to be shit started. He's garbage. He is garbage. Mm-hmm. Took me a second to realize what that was, but he's garbage. Sortified. Sortified garbage. I don't quite know, like, why the character is written that way. If you had to ask me, I think uh, right now I don't think I quite have an answer, um, mm-hmm. or what purpose it serves other than to make the audience uncomfortable. And make the audience kind of pissed off. I think, I mean, wasn't there a time when she said that, will this be spoiling? No. There was a time when she said that 
her style of writing is that she starts off with a very simple story and makes it more and more complicated. Yes. So we're nearly to the climax of the first part. Yes, yes. At the literal climax because they are banging. Hey. <laughs> or at yeah. least trying to. I think she still had undies on, but his butt cheeks were out. <laughs> and that's how I have sex. Gross. You're with your butt cheeks out? <laughs> Somebody has butt cheeks out only, and the other person has underwear on, and that's it. <laughs> that is sex to me. <laughs> See, I'll be naked anywhere but my butt cheeks. <laughs> really? Yeah, I put like... You like, put a towel on? Well, no, I put like pasties <laughs> on my butt cheeks. Don't look at them. <laughs> you heard of assless chaps? How about uh, ass full chaps? <laughs> ass full chaps. Cover just my ass. Chaps. So like crotchless but ass on. Yeah. I those have to exist. They have to. Uh, Little booty hiders. (laughs) (laughs) So so they're I don't even know what to call it now because we've roasted it so hard. Whatever. They're banging, I guess. And the girlfriend comes in the room and blomps him on the head with a statue. Yes. Causing him to blomp Aubrey in the face with his face. Yep. Which was kind of a cool, cool, scary move. I was enjoying this part. I'm like, okay, finally something different. And then he gets mad and pushes her. Pushes the wife. Yeah. Yeah. Pushes the, well, they're not married. Oh, yeah. Um, She made a point to say that they were not married but he pushes her and she's pregnant and she starts bleeding a lot so maybe is miscarrying or something yeah so then there's like a whole rush of like we need to get to the hospital aubrey get the car becomes like a whole thing mm-hmm. and when they finally are all in the car driving there's a black bear in the road and aubrey crashes the car yeah and the crash is kind of like a fade to white part two <laughs> yes. sort of thing so part two the bear by the boathouse part two is sort of an alternate dimension to the first half yeah throughout Part two, a lot of the costumes, the dialogue, the same kind of tensions from the first part pop back up, sometimes imposed on different characters. Yeah, yeah. it's the same things from the first part. And all three of the main actors keep the same character names between the two acts. So part two starts with a movie shoot. And we're starting again on that red bathing suit on the dock scene. Yeah. An image we'll definitely have posted on Instagram. Yes. It's very beautiful. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So they're shooting a movie. She's the movie star. The person who played the girlfriend in the first part is her co-star. Yes. And the person who played the boyfriend in the first part is the director of the movie that's being filmed. And in part two, he is now married to Aubrey. Yes. Took me a while to figure out that they were married. I don't know. Yeah? Okay. Maybe they didn't say it. They do say it eventually for sure, but I just... I was like, should I have known this already? I don't know. So the, I need to figure out their character names, maybe. (laughs) Or we could just call them girlfriend and boyfriend. Okay, for all intents and purposes, girlfriend and boyfriend and Aubrey. (laughs) That's the easiest way. (laughs) The easiest way to keep track of everybody. Yep. The girlfriend is plotting with boyfriend. (laughs) Yes. 
Who's also a husband. Who is also a husband. To see how they can fuck with Aubrey and make it seem like they're fucking behind her back and she's the favorite. Yes. It's really fucked up. They go really deep on like, oh, we can like go here and then we can look at each other and then we can show up late, but like just late enough that they think we were together. And like they're going so deep on their narrative that they're trying to create for fun just to fuck with Aubrey, which was also straight culture. (laughs) Well, just just unhinged. If they got caught, they would justify it as like, well, we were only trying to get you to feel emotion for the role. Yeah, it seemed like they were trying to coax a performance out of her. Exactly. By emotionally... Gaslighting her. her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And fucking her up, which, you know, is not unheard of. No, absolutely not. No, it was fucking what's his name? Most famous director of all time that everyone loves so much, even me. I've heard several stories. Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick tortured Shelley Long. Is that her name? Yeah. I mean, great performance by Shelley Long. I love The Shining, but like, of course, finding that out colors it in a way. It's, you know, a product of abuse. There have been so many stories that have been told about different directors, like trying to start shit between two different actors on their shoots to try and, you know, get that kind of feeling going between them or conversely coaxing heat out of them, like uh, sexy heat. Hot. Or a friendship or whatever. It's strange. Because you would think as an actor, if you're a good actor, and if you've been cast in something, presumably mm-hmm. you have some kind of chops that have gotten you there, that you shouldn't need to be in real life, like psychologically tortured to get a performance out of you. Yeah. So he's carrying out a lot of, you know, what is a director? What is the purpose of a director to create a useful, thought-provoking piece of art in, in the form of a film? Mm-hmm. And And if he has to, you know, crack a few eggs to make an omelet, so to speak, he's willing to do that, even though it is fucked up. And it's, again, very difficult to watch. Yeah. I read this line from a review, and unfortunately I didn't write down from where, but it said, Black Bear is about the price of art. Not only the price the artist pays, but the price of the people around the artist end up paying unwittingly. Sure. Kind of along the lines of what you're saying. Yeah. It annoys me. (laughs) Yeah. Is it thought-provoking? Absolutely. I'm so glad that I'm talking to you about it because it's clarifying so much about it. And I can see it in such a whole light, but I still mm. can't shake my initial emotional reaction. <laughs> of, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. But we're also not to the end yet. Nope, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Okay, so they're on a movie shoot. And actually, some of the actual crew for this movie mm-hmm. were called on to step in as actors to play crew members in the movie within the movie. Hell yeah. (laughs) So their reality was kind of insane on set. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like what's real and what's not, who even knows. My next note, this crew is like all women and it rocks. (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty diverse cast uh pretty non-white straight male which was kind of cool yeah okay so i loved paola lazaro the ibs queen oh yeah (laughs) who yeah has diarrhea the whole time (laughs) oh tilapia wasn't the choice (laughs) it's literally me (laughs) i felt so seen by the ibs queen (laughs) walking around needing to have diarrhea constantly Not only needing to have diarrhea, but like (laughs) vocalizing that. Telling people, oh boy. Literally me. (laughs) Oh boy. Hey, I really, I'm so sorry I'm late. I just have to have diarrhea so bad. (laughs) 
uh, here in the last couple of months, a bunch of celebs that I respect have followed me on Twitter, and I've had to stop tweeting about having diarrhea all the time. <laughs> so I hope they're not listening to this now. <laughs> I guarantee you're going to cut the bit about diarrhea. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So IBS Queen also tries to like smoke some weed to fix her stomach, but ends up just getting fucked up. Yeah. And everybody kind of gets fucked up. <laughs> and like Aubrey is drunk and or fucked up. It um, is a whirlwind of stuff. Yeah. There is like people- a bit of a train wreck. This is yeah. rap day also on the film. This is the last day of shooting. They're trying to get the last things in under the wire and everybody's fucked up. Everyone is <laughs> spilling coffee. <laughs> If, if you're the not, coffee like, gag was pretty good. If you're not plotting to torture someone for art, then you are either stoned out of your gourd or you're just like sloppy ass drunk. There's also there's a guy whose job it is to give Aubrey a cigarette all the time. Oh yeah, that guy rocked. <laughs> he just only pops in the scene to give her a cig and pops out. <laughs> he's in like he's in it like three times, but he I think that was an actual crew member too. An actual crew member on the actual film. <laughs> hired to give uh, Aubrey cigarettes. <laughs> like pretty funny so Aubrey keeps kind of directing the director aka her husband aka boyfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of emasculating him so maybe it is kind of a continuation of him needing to be the boss of women but them not having it <laughs> yeah in a way from the first part I also did I say yet that I could not recognize him I had such a trouble trying to figure out who he was that in the second sense. part I understand I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. tell it was the same guy. I was constantly like, is that the same guy from the first part? Or here in a minute, there's like another guy who's in the scene with them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that's definitely the guy from the first part. I I just literally could not tell which one of them was the guy from the first part. <laughs> I, I kept changing my notes back and forth because <laughs> I couldn't tell who was the guy. <laughs> like one of these guys is the guy from the first part. I don't know which guy oh it is. Oh my God. <laughs> I just have face blindness. So as soon as they, (laughs) I thought it was goofy that as soon as they sit down to shoot, every time when they're like, okay, three, two, one, action, whatever, instantly all of the crew is eating. (laughs) I I think that's supposed to be a gag, but I was like, why? The director, aka boyfriend, Mm -hmm. eating the celery, I I found disgusting. (laughs) I found it disgusting. That's understandable. He's like, (laughs) like a big chewing noise and then chewing with his mouth open. So there's lots of chomping. It was just very gross. And like the script supervisor has no idea what's going on the whole time and is also eating a sandwich. That also (laughs) made me nervous. Yeah. And it's like, how are you so fucked up? Like every time he's like, okay, what's the line? She's like flipping like 30 pages. In the book, like, if, okay, you you get off a little bit, but, like, that far? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of uh, goofy. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's pretty good. Couple gags. Yeah. They just need to get this, like, final scene out of Aubrey. And she's being, I don't know, quote, unquote, difficult. But obviously, she's been emotionally tortured. So, like, who can say, you know? Yeah, yeah. Who's right and wrong here? I think this is when I really realized that her and the guy were married, maybe. Because they, like, go into a room together she has like a full meltdown like the roles are reversed from the first part where now she's the one saying oh i see the way you look at her and blah 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 Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and 
He tells her, I knew doing movies would ruin our relationship, basically. Yeah, pretty harsh shit. Which is like also kind of wild because the director of this movie, like the actual director of the this movie, Black Bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has previously co-starred in movies that he's directed with his wife. Okay. So when he's saying stuff like, oh, I knew we shouldn't have worked together. Like, is he pulling in his personal life into this? I guarantee a little bit. Just interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so Aubrey's having a full ass meltdown. She ends up fucking Baco and comes out for the emotional shot. Yeah. And that scene was wild. Yeah, really kind of weird. So intense. I didn't write down any of the lines that she said. <laughs> no. Something like, you were supposed to love me or something like that. It was just incredibly intense, incredibly emotional. Yeah. Her performance was just, really, her performance throughout this whole movie. She's great. Is so good. Yeah. She's so good. And, you know, when I've been reading through other reviews and stuff, like, most of the reviews I've read barely touch on the plot at all. The headlines are all, give Aubrey Plaza a damn award for her performance in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) To which I agree. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That'd rule. You know, whatever you think about this movie, I guess, is whatever. But you can't deny that her performance Mm -hmm. was stellar was incredible it's great and yeah just that scene is so long actually a lot of this movie has really long shots of like one room of things happening for a long time and this was one of them her doing this big emotional scene having a huge breakdown they changed the whole scene because of whatever she's doing and then they have to get room tone And it was just such tension in the room. Yeah. And she's just like softly crying, holding in her emotional breakdown. Uh, Oh, my God. That's crazy. It's nuts. And so after when they finally wrap the room tone or whatever, Mm -hmm. her and husband, boyfriend, (laughs) go into a room by themselves. She's just so emotional and keeps telling him that she loves him and she's sorry she's so much and stuff like that. Still like so emotional. And he never tells her that he loves her in that no, whole scene. he just like spoons her. Yeah. And you can even tell when he's spooning her that he just like kind of doesn't even want to be there. Yeah. Um, it feels like, oh, I'm doing my due diligence. Yeah. You know, I... I mean, pl- let's placate the crazy one so I can long enough for me to leave the room <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Like I yeah. run her dry. Now I need to like put her to sleep. That's what I, that's my payment. Maybe he's also kind of thinking about what he's done because he certainly has had a hand in what's going on with her yeah. at the moment. So he never tells her he loves her, which also kind of maybe harkens back to the first part as well, like where he said out loud that he didn't love the girl he was with in the first part of the movie. So he's still the same guy in some way. Yeah, yeah, that's what, like, you're right. There's, like, more through lines than I think most people will see uh, between the boyfriend in the first half and second half. Yeah, so while she's crying herself to sleep, there's a rap party going on outside the door, and everybody's partying. Now the girlfriend is on the dock in a red shirt. Yeah. And kind of roles are reversed, but sort of same scenario from the first part. Mm -hmm. So boyfriend and girlfriend. (laughs) 
<laughs> boyfriend and girlfriend get in the water and have a cute flirty splash <laughs> like how Aubrey and him did in the first part. Yeah. Basically the same scenario happens where then he's having sex with this girl and Aubrey catches them. Yeah, but it doesn't pan out the same. Aubrey views boyfriend girlfriend having sex in the garage through a window and then turns around and we see the black bear. Uh-huh. So yeah, so she turns around, she sees the black bear and then that's the end of act Yes. Yeah, so now we're back at that initial scene of her on the dock with the red swimsuit. Mm -hmm. She goes inside, sits in the red chair, sits down to write, and writes the words Black Bear, underlines it, looks into camera, and roll creds. Okay. So my interpretation of the ending is that both of these sections were the stories that she wrote. Yes, right there with you. Yeah. It's kind of weird, actually, the amount of interpretation on the plot that I didn't see (laughs) anywhere. (laughs) I mean, I was looking up all kinds of articles and reviews, and everybody's just like, Aubrey was so good. (laughs) Like Nobody nobody was really making that much interpretation of the plot. So yeah, because the first story was simpler, the second story was more complex and kind of meta. Yeah. And also maybe a little autobiographical to her character. Sure. Because her character is a director and an actor right yeah yeah my interpretation was then she sat down to write these two stories i don't know that i loved that no it kind of felt like the classic trope of like oh it was actually all in your head the whole all time a dream. Or yeah something. It's, yeah it's a variation of it i do think that there's like some ingenuity in the way that the two stories were told with the like the same three characters switching roles and switching clothes and having so many similarities but telling two different stories yeah i do think that that's interesting and it's a really unique storytelling i agree my initial take on the movie which i think still holds some water even after discussion is that it was a competently made piece of shit (laughs) um because like it is it's well done it's unique there's really not a lot of movies like this Mm-hmm. This is a pretty unique way to tell a story. Yeah. To make them two somehow connected, but almost inexplicably connected stories, and then just let the audience deal deal with it. But also place, you know, the, the explanation right in front of them. But at the end of the day, I didn't enjoy the stories, really. You know? Yeah. Like, I didn't enjoy hearing the couple argue. I didn't enjoy everyone being stressed out and stoned and drunk, and I didn't enjoy watching the film being made under a ton of pressure. It's hard to watch stuff, and I I think it's hard to watch maybe on purpose, but at the end of the day, I don't fucking enjoy that. (laughs) Yeah, I found the first act to be quite unpleasant to watch. The second act, I found a lot more enjoyable, and I was just having so much fun with Aubrey's character, I think, and with IBS Queen. Oh my god. I really liked her. Hell yeah. (laughs) I found the second act to be much more fun and much more emotional. Much more... um... There was definitely more depth to it. Yeah, a lot more depth. Yeah, the first chapter is 45 minutes. I think the second is like an hour and 10. Uh So just on basis of time available. The second chapter is more does more. And well, that's kind of like also like our interpretation of what we're saying right now, like does 
play into their goal too, Mm -hmm. which was to start with a simpler story and move on to a more complex story. And they did do that. They did accomplish that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, like the director puts it all in front of you. It is up for you to pick it up and put it all together uh, because it's not totally spelled out. So like in those ways, because yeah, I think the pieces are all here more or less. I do feel like this does not compare to I'm Thinking of Ending Things. (laughs) No. (laughs) Which did not have most of the pieces, in my opinion. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to disagree with you, actually, and I think it still does. I think, in my mind, it still does. Because I think I'm Thinking of Ending Things 2 was a competently made piece of shit. I think it was just a piece of shit. (laughs) That's fair. I fucking, I fucking hated it. (laughs) And I tell you what, I had the same emotional reaction to this Mm. movie. Like, I don't care about these fucking characters. I don't care about these stories. I really feel like ultimately this movie was just a vehicle for Aubrey Plaza to kind of be unhinged and go full force and fuck around and be... She's 100% in this movie. Without a doubt. She could give no more, and nobody could. Nobody could give more than what she gave in this. So yeah, I do think ultimately this movie is a service for her personally. (laughs) 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 And and that the movie itself is kind of whatever, give or take. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know what also? I think something was off for me, and this is kind of a petty complaint, but I want to say the vibe. But what I mean is like the music and like the coloring and Mm -hmm. stuff just didn't seem to, it didn't seem to vibe quite as well with the story or what's going on as I wanted it to, I think. I did not like the music in this movie. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I I feel like that's kind of petty, but I just... Yeah. Okay. So we've rolled the creds. Anything interesting during the creds? No. Okay. It's all on notebook paper. That's about it. I feel like uh, I'm surprised at how easy it was to crack that egg. I guess because the scenes are very easy to discuss because the content doesn't really matter. Yeah. What they're arguing because about ultimately none of it's real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when it's it gets very down frustrating. To it. Yeah. So like the arguments that take up 20 minutes all around traditional gender roles ultimately mean nothing. And they're just annoying. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that some people will like admire that and be like, wow, what a useful commentary on expectations of story or rough drafts. But I, I hated it and it was annoyed. Okay, so what do we rate this out of five? My initial rating was uh, one star. Oh, wow. Okay. After discussion, two stars. Two stars. Okay. I understand this movie. People like think it is very well done and a piece of art, but I think it's a piece of shit. But <laughs> I respect that there was you thought. You respect. I, it's all about respect at the end of the day. <laughs> I respect that Lawrence David Tyler, whatever his uh, his name is, the director. If that is his real name. I don't think it is. <laughs> I respect that at the end of the day, there is stuff to chew on on this movie. I'd be interested to see his other movies and see what kind of depth they have. He's only like directed one other movie, but he's acted in I think in he has like two other movies. Okay. Anyway, what about you? Yeah, this one's complicated because I think Aubrey Plaza was so good in it mm-hmm. that I would like for people to watch it just to see her. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> 
We have we watch movies for different reasons. We do, and that's fine. Yeah. I think if I pulled her out of this movie entirely, that I would probably, yeah, I'd give it one and a half to two stars. Yeah. But with her in it, Oh, and, and if I just rated her performance separately from the movie, just mm-hmm. what is Aubrey's performance out of five? It's got to be four and a half to five stars. Wow. Probably five. I mean, her performance was incredible. And her range. The range on this woman. <laughs> but yeah, combining the two, yeah, I might go like, I'll tell you, the end kind of ruined it for me because I was having an okay time until it was like, okay, well, this is actually all fake and it was just her story. Yeah. Yeah, I might stick with two stars, actually. Wow, also. welcome to the but club. I got pissed off against it. Yeah. Before, before the, tw- the twist ending, I was maybe leaning more towards like a three, three and a half. I don't know. Yeah. I, I hate a story that ends with, None of this was real. Yeah, I, I understand that. It's corny. It's corny. It's overdone. I felt like it had potential to be something really It does good. have potential. Yeah, that's that's the thing that kind of gets me is like, yeah, the pieces were there. It does have the potential. And I think it just kind of missed a little bit. Yeah. So would we recommend this movie? I would not. I don't, don't, <laughs> watch, don't watch it. It made me very angry. And I don't think it is good enough under dissection to justify the amount. I was also in a shitty mood. That was just mostly on me because I burnt some cinnamon rolls. Oh. I was really angry about that. Okay, big reveal. Okay, <laughs> hold out till the end. <laughs> I think that really influenced the viewing. I was too proud to admit it earlier. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Bury the lead. I ruined breakfast and then pouted and didn't eat any. Oh, well. Yeah. Didn't even scrape off the burn parts? I was too fucking angry with myself. You know, oh, that was a bummer. Damn. I know, I was a moody little beep. Yeah. Okay, would I recommend... I don't know, I'm torn. What I want to do is recommend watching Legion instead. <laughs> <laughs> So many people that I, well, I talked to a couple people about this movie, but also from reading reviews and stuff, it seems like nobody has watched Legion and they're not aware of Aubrey's range. And you really see her do some insane shit in Legion. Yeah. And it's like, everybody's like, wow, she went from being comedian to being this unhinged person in Black Bear. And it's like, um, no, Legion was on for three seasons and she was completely unhinged and just everybody missed it. And it's one of the best shows, one of my favorite shows ever Yeah, TBH. It's very, very good. So I think I'm going to recommend don't watch this movie. <laughs> go watch Legion instead. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's my recommendation. Bada bing, bada boom, baby. We out of here. Now it's time for Scream Vomit. Okay, Kali, what else have you been watching? Pacific Rim. Duh, what needs to be said? It's so good. <laughs> is that a um, giant robots movie? Sure is. Directed by yeah. Guillermo del Toro in yeah. 2013. It rocks. If you enjoy big budget, like very well done, big budget, over the top monster action movies, like it does not get much better than this. Mm-hmm. Pacific Rim is outstanding. I continued with my Criterion challenge. I watched uh, a film by Akira Kurosawa, uh, The Seven Samurai from 1954. I loved it. It made me cry a little bit. It is long. It's like three and a half hours. Um, but it is so, so good. I did watch it in pieces. Like, there is an intermission built into oh, the movie. Oh, you got to. 
Yeah, nobody can sit for that long. But it really is outstanding. <laughs> I cannot recommend watching it enough. It is so... <laughs> Colin be- became relaxer watching this movie. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's just such a masterpiece. Like, it, it, it fills that role so well. The other night, Lindsay and I watched The Descent... From 2005, okay. a classic yeah. horror film that I just, I love it, you know? Yeah. It is classic. easy watching, and by that mm-hmm. I mean I get the willies. <laughs> uh, sure. All right, what, what have you been watching? That's it. Okay, so I, classically, we've talked about it, I've been watching lots of movies. This week I watched a lot of really, really good movies. Hell yeah. I watched Bong Joon-ho's Mother. Really, really good. It's on Hulu. Is it? Yes. I'm adding it to my watch list. I gotta check it out. I think it's out. also on Amazon, maybe. It's like all of his movies are like very accessible. They're on Hell like everything. Yeah. Really, really good. And it's got the classic like Bong Joon-ho vibe to it where it's like a little devastating, a little funny. You know, he has such a specific vibe. Definitely. And, he plays and it. And it is that. <laughs> he plays it well. Yeah. And then I watched Stranger Than Paradise, which is from the 80s. That's on HBO Max. And okay. it was very... Very good. You can definitely see this movie influenced a lot of movies that we've seen since. Okay. Uh, It's very clear to me that that's true. The performances are incredible. John Lurie was incredible. I'm like obsessed with him now. He's one of those actors where like you just can't take your eyes off of him you know like he just has like a something about him where like you just want to be watching whatever he's doing yeah and the three main stars of the movie are all rockers like they don't play rockers in the movie at all Mm -hmm. but i just kind of got that vibe off of them and then later found out that they're all rockers the guy who's not John Lurie is the first drummer from uh, Sonic Youth. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Did not know that. And the girl that's in it is also a rocker, like, currently, like, still rocking. Wow. Her stuff's on Spotify. They're like, yeah. And I just was feeling like it felt really comfortable to me. And, like, yeah, yeah. I think that's why. It felt like hanging with rockers. And those are my people, historically. So... I was like, this just feels very cozy. Nice. Um, okay, so 30 minutes on Stranger Than Paradise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I only have three more movies to talk about. <laughs> I watched Wrong, which is a movie by Quentin Dupieux, who did Rubber. Okay, okay, yeah. It's for free on YouTube. If you're familiar with Rubber, you understand the like absurdist chaos that this director brings into his movies, and it is still that. The casting's incredible. It's just a fun, goofy, absurd movie. just the vibe was so fun yeah wrong that's called then i watched west coast which is on netflix it's a french movie it's kind of like a young group of boys being friends yeah yeah and it also is like making statements on american culture a little bit it was unexpectedly really funny it's very cute very heartwarming they get into some hijinks you know Mm -hmm. it's just very cute. It's such a pleasant movie to watch. It just kind of one of those movies that like warms your heart a little. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and very funny. It's very funny. Then, lastly, oh, okay, The Enigma of Casper Hauser, mm-hmm. which is a Werner Herzog movie. It's on Amazon, and Thank you. I think it's one of my favorite movies. Now. Oh, 
hell yeah. It was everything. It was so beautiful. And like just going off of that feeling of like feeling so isolated from, you know, quote unquote, like normal society or whatever, and not understanding like why people participate in societal norms when it makes everyone miserable. Um, (laughs) This movie's all about that. And this one is from the 70s. And I don't know, it just was so cool. And the main actor was out of this world. Uh, His name's Bruno S. And I actually looked up part of his life story. His life story's crazy. His performance is, it makes the movie, yeah, is beautiful, crazy story. It's also based on a true story. Oh, no joke. Yeah, I guess, should I tell what the story's about? It's like this guy who was- Yeah, a little bit. Sell me on it. All right, he was kept in a cellar, chained to a cellar with just a strange man who would come and feed him every day and a toy horse and nothing else. So he like wasn't raised around people. He couldn't oh. speak. He couldn't read anything. And then one day he just shows up in like this town square. This is a true story. Yeah. He just shows up in this town square in like England somewhere or something. And, you know, nobody knows who he is, where he yeah, came yeah. from, why he's there. He can't speak. He can't read he can't write basically and they kind of have to like teach him how to fit into society Mm -hmm. so that's their premise (laughs) that's a good premise it's really good that's all the things that's on amazon the enigma of casper hauser yeah an incredible list of movies if you've just listened to what i said you should watch all of those movies Ding, ding. Time for plugs. All right. You can follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at Screen Vomit. One word on all the things. Give us a subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends about us if you like us. You can send us an email at ScreenVomitPod at gmail.com or tweet us with your thoughts on this movie, other movies. Hell yeah. Hey, if you want to listen to me talk about labors and unions, you can go check out my podcast, How to Fight Your Boss. It's on everything. Hell yeah. And next week, we'll be watching watching the movie Baby Teeth, which is on Hulu. Yeah, and we're going to have a cool guest. I love a guest. (laughs) Woo! Yeah, and we... (sighs) Boys, we got some cool guests coming up. And I'm so excited. Uh, So yeah, stay tuned for that. Watch Baby Teeth, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye! (laughs) 